This is the Cash Value Solutions Podcast, where your hosts, Jason Polmeyer and Kyle Mann, shed light on little-known money truths to help you take control of your financial future and become your own banker. Subscribe, rate, and review the show, and check us out at CashValueSolutions.com. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Cash Value Solutions Podcast this week. Kyle, can you lead off with our topic for today? So today we're going to be talking about modified endowment contracts or otherwise known as MECs. And there's, once again, a lot of stuff being said about how, you know, if it's a 1090, it's going to be a MEC, you know, or something when you shrink the base down, it's going to MEC. It's like, well, actually anything can become a MEC. Yeah, that's, that's what the basis of this podcast is going to be today, hopefully as a learning opportunity for everyone listening so i think to get started maybe we should just give a the the overview again of a modified endowment contract kyle yeah okay um so typically when we are structuring policies uh you know ibc structured policies we are creating policies that are not mechs we don't want them to become mechs Mm -hmm. and so your age and the death benefit that's associated with the policy that you're getting have the biggest relationship to how much money you can pay into a policy to determine the MEC, the MEC treatment of it. Yep. Um, okay, so if we have created a policy, for instance, with the $50,000 MEC limit, we cannot go over that. Otherwise, we create a modified endowment contract. And when we do that, what we typically or basically lose is the, the tax favorability of the contract. Yeah, so like when we use policy loans in a MEC, if we have any gains on the policy, so if our cash value exceeds how much premium we've paid in, then we will have to pay tax on that excess amount. Now, the death benefit still remains income tax-free like a regular policy would. So it's mostly just affects the cash value of the policy when we're doing loans or if we would withdraw like any other, I guess... Withdrawing gains from a policy as well, not yes. only just policy loans. Yeah. And so basically what this means is it affects us while, you know, during our lifetime when we are using the policy. Yeah. And mechs aren't like a horrible thing either. We've wrote mechs before. They definitely have their place. And if you're, you know, over 59 and a half, we don't have that extra penalty and uh, we can... 10%. There's a 10% penalty for those of you that don't know. Uh, when you're under age 59 and a half, not only do you have to pay taxes, but there's a 10% penalty on the gains. Yeah. So that are either loaned or withdrawn from the policy. And then also, though, if you're um, a tax free organization, mechs work awesome for them. Like, because you, you don't owe the tax anyway. So you're good to go. Yep. Um, the next thing, let's just do a quick numbers example. Um, so people understand what we're getting at. So let's say we have a policy where we have $50,000 of premium paid and we have $55,000 of accumulated cash value. So if you took a loan against this policy, that first 5,000 that is loaned out, you have to pay taxes on. And if you're under age 59 and a half, there'll be a 10% penalty on it as well. Now, because you're in the cost basis after that, the 50,000 of premium would be your cost basis. There is no 
uh, tax liability with that. Um, the next thing with modified endowment contracts is once a policy becomes a modified endowment contract, it can't be taken away. It, like that status is with it forever. But what some people don't know is if you pay into a policy and let's say, for instance, you're in year 10, Kyle, and you make a, a premium payment and the premium amount that you paid would cause the policy to become a mech, the life insurance company is going to notify the agent that is servicing your policy and you that this will create a modified endowment contract. And you have a specified period of time then from when you get that information to then take out some of that premium Mm -hmm. that would have caused it to become a modified endowment contract. Yeah, so mechs just don't happen out of the blue. I mean, you're going to be warned. Yeah, it's not something that you're going to go from one year to the next and all of a sudden, oh my gosh, I have a modified endowment contract. Yeah, There's going to be a warning of it. And uh, one more thing that I'd like to say on this is that you can create a modified endowment contract from day one if you want to when you start a life insurance policy. And Kyle and I have done that for people in the past because for them it was just the best solution. Uh, And you can also, which you can kind of pick up on after we've been talking now, you can create a modified endowment contract years down the road after you've had a policy in force for 10 years, 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you can create a modified endowment contract. Mm -hmm. Now, there's sometimes ways that that can be avoided um, by just not paying in premium and maybe doing a premium offset or something like that uh, with a policy. Um, But, I mean, anyway, we're getting into some pretty specific details, you know, on stuff like that. But anyways, that's a anything else you want to add for an overview on mechs, Kyle? Um, I think we kind of got that one covered pretty good for an overview, but we do have a blog on this on our website if you're interested in learning a little bit more about them. But like I said, I think we covered them pretty well. I guess, you know, next and the, the main point of this is, is, you know, there's a lot of talk out there and it's people promoting that they know how to design policies the right way and nobody else does or... Well, Kyle, who hasn't heard the words properly structured whole life insurance? Yeah. I mean, at this point, if you've been researching IBC, I mean, that's everybody says it. Well, properly structured to who? Is that in the agent's idea of properly structured? Is it in the The client's client's best interest? Yeah. Is it best properly structured for commission for the agent? Or is it, you know... Best structured for cash accumulation, best structured for death benefit? Yeah. I mean, all this requires context. Best structured for flexibility. I mean, yeah, it's it's not a one-size-fits-all, and that's something that Jason and I really believe in. And, you know, tell the clients, like, hey, like, we don't believe that there's a one-size-fits-all for any of this stuff. We don't believe in any aspect of life, and we have no problem writing any type of whole life insurance policy, whether it makes us the most amount of commission or the least amount of commission. does not matter. Yeah. Whether it's all base or it's something where we have to do an aggressive split because somebody's in need of high early cash value. And maybe high flexibility too. Absolutely. So those basically come hand in hand when you do that type of policy. So yeah, and but but the thing that we really, really want people to understand 
and come away with from this podcast is to understand just because you have a policy, for instance, like Nelson did of a 40-60 split in his book, Becoming Your Own Banker, an illustration that he showed, does not mean that you're good to go and that your policy will never make. Mm-hmm. Just because you have one that's 30-70 or 25-75 or 33-67, whatever it is, these policies can mech. Virtually any policy when you are using a paid-up additions rider can mech depending on how the riders are being used on the policy, if uh, the amount of premium that you have planned to pay changes, there's a lot of different factors that go into this. Dividend changes. Yeah, so let's let's hit on that one. Um, So a lot of times what will happen is uh, people will apply for a policy and the insurance company software solves it based on their current dividend scale. So let's say, um, and I'm just completely making this up, but it'll just serve to help people understand that at year 20, in my hypothetical example here, the death benefit is going to have grown to $2 million instead of the $1 million that you started with based on dividends that are being paid and paid up additions Mm -hmm. that have created more uh, dividends. If dividend rates come down which they have across the board in the industry over the last 10 years, 15 years, what happens is the death benefit is not growing as fast as what was originally solved for in the company's illustration software. So let's say instead of growing to 2 million, it only grew to 1.5 million. Now, because of that, basically what's happened is the death benefit hasn't grown fast enough to keep a large enough gap between the cash value, the cash surrender value, and the death benefit on the policy. So this policy could become a modified endowment contract in this example. Mm -hmm. Not saying that it will, but it could because things haven't went exactly as were illustrated. Now, as an agent, you have the ability to lower the dividend rate or even look at guaranteed values to see what the chances are of this policy becoming a modified endowment contract. Now, going back to that same example, whether this policy was done with a 40-60 split, a 10-90 split, or any other type of split, in any scenario, any type of split, that could become a modified endowment contract Mm -hmm. if things weren't set up in a manner to avoid it in the beginning. So it's just important to think and understand that just because it's a certain split doesn't mean that's going to mech. And I know 1090s is the hot the hot topic saying it's going to mech, it's going to mech. You can mech test these 1090s. You know, maybe you can't fund them for 40 years and maybe that's not your goal because they would become a mech. But that is context, you know, what do you want to do? There's so there's there's no right or wrong way to design a policy, it just depends on what you want to do with it. Yeah, and and if you do, you know, uh, you know, along this theme of ten xing, okay, if you do want to do this, uh, you have to realize what insurance companies allow you to do with their policies as well. Some companies don't allow you to go this aggressive. Some do, some don't. Some it depends on their product what they will allow you to do. Um, so just just be aware of those things. Realize that 
specific splits don't make you safe or determine that you definitely won't have a modified endowment contract. I mean, you can absolutely set up a policy in a way that you know that I can fund it to this amount and not create a modified endowment contract. Okay? Those things can be done. But don't don't just assume because this policy was designed in this way, well, that's going to create a mech or that isn't going to create a mech. Mm-hmm. And I don't, I don't want to scare people by saying these things, but it's just something you should be aware of because it's being so heavily promoted about one design being better than another policy design. And, and then it's just like agents throwing you know, fuel on the fire of, and this is why you don't do this one because it'll become a mech. And yeah. um, it's uh, a it's it's a sales gimmick. I mean, honestly, it seems like anyways to like if if you don't want to design policies like that, like it's just like oh yeah, that's bad, and so that's why you got to work with me. The last six months, Kyle, I don't know how many times we've uh, had people reach out to us, and there is obviously a sales uh, slash marketing thing going on with the policy design. Um, in the rhetoric that is put along with it. And and, and some of these are um, infinite banking certified people too. So yeah. like, don't think that the noise just permeates outside of that. Just because somebody's certified doesn't mean that, you know, they always have your best interest in mind either, it seems, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah definitely. And I, I remember back, uh, I, I'm pretty darn sure it was in our first podcast, you know, we had spoken about, you know, we were speaking about why we wanted to start this podcast and everything. And, you know, we wanted to create short tidbits for people to be able to, you know, look at the title and get some information on topics that are pertinent to what's going on in the infinite banking world. And, you know, we wanted to cut down on the noise that people had to listen to. Yeah. Unfortunately, um, you know, that noise, I mean, it's just growing and growing. I mean, there is so much of it out there because of of marketing techniques. And that doesn't make it one thing right and one thing wrong. It's just, it's more things that you got to look through. Absolutely. And that's that's what we're trying to do, I guess, with this podcast. We're We're always trying to put our best foot forward and make sure that we're providing content that is in the consumer's best interest. Mm-hmm. We're not trying to create a marketing vehicle with this podcast. And ulti- it would be easy for us to say, oh yeah, just 10x, 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 Kyle. We're always going to go for that maximum internal rate of return cash accumulation, you know? But that isn't always the right scenario for people. No. Nor is all base. So, I mean, or anywhere in between, you know? So, it just depends on what you want to do and you need to take this information that you're getting and draw your own conclusions and see what's, you know, ultimately right for you. But I mean, you definitely need somebody to help you kind of figure that out too. Cause I mean, you can't just go, you know, design the policy yourself without being affiliated with an insurance company. So you need to find somebody you can trust and who, you know, has the same sort of mindset as you. Yep. Yep. I, I agree with that. Um, that's a that's a pretty good chunk of information, I think, for people to swallow here today, Kyle. Yeah, and uh, I've I've said everything that I need to, I think. Yeah, so we hope you, this kind of cleared up some some of the noise that's out there on mechs and different policy designs and things like that. 
Let us know if you guys have any other questions. We would love to podcast about them. And thanks for tuning in this week. This was the Cash Value Solutions Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review the show. Check us out at cashvaluesolutions.com. And don't forget to tune in next week.